Hello. <clears throat> As Varun said, I will say also, welcome to Focus. It's so good to see you. Welcome if it's your first time at Focus, whether you're an international student or an Aussie student or, like me, you're not a student at all, but you're welcome at Focus. <clears throat> I'm really glad that you're here. Not just for food, but I love food. And not just for new friends, but I love new friends. Tonight, you will hear the best news in the world. I hope you can hear... Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, good. I hope you will hear the best news ever. From the God of the Bible, who loves you more than anyone. Ah, oh, thanks, Varun. Uh, my name's John, and this is my close family. Now, I won't tell you our names, but two of us have first names that come from the Bible, and two of us, the other two, have names that come from a movie character or a TV show character. Ooh. You can ask me about that later. There's a fun fact. <laughs> now, if it's your first time at Focus or your first time at a Christian group, some things will look weird or strange and some things you learn as you see. I want to say two things about praying, okay? After this talk, I will invite you to pray again. To pray to God from what we hear about his son, Jesus. There, I'll put the words on this screen. These are the words I'll invite you, if you want, at the end. These are not special magic words, and we do not want to trick you or force you to say them and tell us that you prayed this. But we want to be honest and clear, and this is one way that you can decide to follow Jesus and talk to God. It simply says, God and Father, I am sorry I've not lived your way. I've disobeyed you, ignored you, and rejected your rule. Please forgive me. Thank you that Jesus died for me, taking my punishment, paying my ransom. I want to live with Jesus as my king and rescuer. Help me live under Jesus' reign now until he returns in glory. Amen. Now, there's lots of big words in there, and some of them we will explain. Uh, but I also want to pray to God again now. <clears throat> Not magic words, but we do need his help very much to understand him. Now, sometimes we bow our head down like this. So if you see someone next to you doing that, okay, okay. You can, you can do that. It's, oh, close your eyes. But I'll pray to God now. Let's pray. God and Father, thank you for tonight, for the food and new friends, but most of all, that we can hear you in the Bible and hear you speak to us. Help us to understand Jesus, who he is, who we are, and how he will rule forever. Help us respond to him in a way that pleases you and help me speak in an interesting way 
true to your word. And we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. How did you go with this question tonight? What type of leader could you obey fully? Here are some samples. You might like a powerful leader like Russia's president, Vladimir Putin. Does everyone know this man? Not personally. (laughs) He helped, maybe he helped Donald Trump become US president. Maybe you want a strong leader, (coughs) Jack Ma. Is he a strong leader? Okay, very good. We don't know. A businessman, very successful businessman. Or a humble leader. Who knows that guy? Lolo, who is he? Steph Curry, that sounds like a girl's Curry. name. Who? Curry. Curry. Yeah, Curry. <laughs> like a curry. Uh, and is he a humble leader? Yeah. yeah, he's a humble leader. He makes himself low for other people. Okay. Leadership is a very popular topic. I'm sure if you're doing commerce or business, you will study leadership. I had to study leadership in accounting. And world leadership is also very popular. Experts today say the world is on a knife edge. You know a knife? Very sharp? Well, a knife edge, what does that mean? If you go one way, oh, I've fallen down. And you go the other way, oh, I've fallen off. Because a knife edge is so small. The world is on a knife edge. One way, the other way, the whole world falls. Why? Well, <laughs> that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't mean this for a joke, but yes, Kim Jong-un of North Korea and Donald Trump of US are speaking very, very strong words and shooting missiles. And Presidents Putin and Xi Jinping are very powerful. And there are, I don't know if you can see down here, but there are millions, tens of millions of people with no home because of war. Refugees. War in their home country. And some countries, like Germany, who take thousands of refugees, are now under pressure from their own people because of terror. And they are scared. I'm not saying if it's a very difficult situation. But where is God in this world? Where is God if it is so dangerous? Does God care about how this world is ruled? God does care. And he cares globally for the whole world. He cares individually. For each person. He has made every person in his image, and that includes every one of you. Whatever country you are from, whatever religion you are from, whatever wealth or status, money or no money that you're from, whatever political party you are from, God cares for all because of his Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the ruler we should fully obey. He is powerful, but
but not how we expect. He is an honest leader and his words will cut our heart. And he is a humble leader, even when it costs him very much. He's a leader so good, out of this world good, that we would never choose him. But he has come to choose us. This week, our theme is Jesus will come again. He came the first time 2,000 years ago, and now we measure our calendar by him. What year is it again? 2017. Because we measure by Jesus. And he will come a second time. And when he comes a second time, our calendar, as we know, will end. Our topic tonight is Jesus will come to reign forever. Here we go. Not rain forever. <laughs> like monsoon rain. No. Rain forever. Yes. Rule forever. I didn't have fun with that one. No. They say when you are a father, a dad, you make dad jokes. Yes, it's true. I make bad jokes now. To reign forever. <clears throat> that is a very big claim, if you think about it. And maybe you get a bit nervous because you've seen those leaders. You see these leaders and you know they have weakness. They're strong, but they're not perfect. Some very much not perfect. A ruler forever? No way. No way. Or maybe you laugh because you know that every dynasty... How many Chinese dynasties? Every empire will fall. Well, listen to Jesus tonight. That's what we need to do. We are in chapter 9 of this biography of Jesus, from, written by Mark. Now, hands up if you saw Mark drama last week. That's someone on every table. That's wonderful. If you did not see this performance, you might feel a bit lost, like halfway through a movie. That's okay. We will help each other. So far, Mark has shown us what life is like in Jesus' kingdom. Sick people are healed by Jesus. Blind people, which is me without my glasses almost, are healed by Jesus. The dead people are raised to life by Jesus. But there's something more important than these. And you think, what could be more important than being healed or, and seeing and the dead being raised up? It's Jesus teaching. And we heard that two weeks ago in Mark 1. It's the same tonight, Mark 9. Make sure you listen. Uh, point number one, if you take notes. <clears throat> in Mark 8, Jesus was teaching his 12 followers privately. And then he brings in a bigger crowd to teach. But now, in chapter 9, he only takes three people to see and to hear something. So look at chapter 9 and verse 2. Does it start from verse 2 in your page? Thanks. Thank you. Number 2. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. 
His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter, James and John are three out of twelve of Jesus' followers. Jesus likes to bring them close, these three. And he brings them to a high mountain, alone, uh, in the Mark drama. It's not for exercise. It's better exercise if you go up the mountain. Not for exercise. It's not for rest, just for an escape. I like both of those things, actually. But it's to see something. Verse 2, again, what do they see? Number 2, at the end, there he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. Now, let me introduce you again to my family. This is my family. Anyone, what do you notice about us? Someone from this half of the room. This is not a trick question. (coughs) Ah, yes, Sophia. We all wear glasses. I'm the only one who has to wear these, but all of us wear sunglasses. I have very weak eyes, and when the doctors test my eyes, I, have to, I can't keep my eyes open if I go in this light. Ah, oh, the light! It's too bright. Very good. We all wear sunglasses. Anything else? Hats. Hats. Yes, I didn't notice that. We do all have hats. Anyone else? Smell. Smell? Smile! Smile! Sorry, Levin, I knew what you said. We're smiling, that's right. We like to smile in photographs in Australia. Marzo. It's a long way down. Thank you, that's, that's one more I was looking for. This is in Tasmania. You know where Tasmania is? That's a long way down Australia. Um, this is in Hobart, on one of their high mountains, Mount Wellington. I was only in there in June, um, July, I can't remember. It was cold. And we're wearing sunglasses, but it was very bright on the mountain. That's right. Well, on this mountain with Jesus, these three people see his glory. He is very bright, intense white, so white, whiter than any laundromat clothes washer could make him. It reminds me a bit of this scene. Do you know this movie, Lord of the Rings? Yes. Very good. Lord of the Rings. Three heroes can't see. Because who is it? Oh, I put him up there. It's Gandalf. And he's all white. Yay. Gandalf is alive. Okay. Mark's readers... Mark, the people reading 2,000 years ago, they would think, okay, on a mountain, very bright. This reminds me of something. Not Lord of the Rings and not my family in Hobart. It reminds me of God. God speaking to his people. God's glory. This picture on the mountain is how God showed his glory to his people. Very bright light when he spoke to them. The God who made the world spoke to his people. It's incredibly special. Very special. Doesn't happen much. It says God is here. 
but with two other guests. Number four. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses talking with Jesus. Two important leaders of God's people from hundreds of years before who seem alive. Now, it's not important because these were good leaders, like we might say, oh, yes, we love leaders, we study leaders, don't we, in management and business. These are important because they were good listeners to God. Just like us today, we want to be listening to the God who's on the mountain, okay? Now, Peter knows it's special, and he's terrified. Look at number five with me. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, that's teacher, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters or tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Is that strange? A tent? That sounds very Australian. Do they like camping up on high mountains? No, it's because he knows how special this is. And he wants this communication with God to keep going. Stay online, God. Stay online. This is amazing. Let's build tents. But instead, they get something better, much better. They get a direct message. What's that? Oh, a direct message. Yeah, that was terrible as well. (laughs) I'm a father. A direct private message from God. Verse 7, number 7. Then a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. Listen to him. What exactly should they listen to? Jesus says a lot of things. No, everything. The last thing Jesus has said is verse 1. If you've got a Bible, you can read or on the screen. And Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God come with power. Could it be that? Listen to that. Before that, the very last thing we hear. One verse before. Yes, it's one verse before. Mark eight thirty-eight. If anyone is ashamed of me, Jesus, and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man, that's him, will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Wow, more glory. Listen to that. Okay? Or a little bit earlier, in Mark 8, verse 31, Jesus said, oh, sorry, Mark writes, and then he then, Jesus then, began to teach them, the teaching, teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, Then he must be killed, and after three days rise again. Yes, glory, except for that little part of being killed. That's a bit strange. But lots of other glorious, powerful things. Okay, what does God want them to listen to from Jesus? Is it all of those? If you're confused, it's okay. 
Jesus' followers are confused. (laughs) And we want to help each other and ask our questions. But what is clear is Jesus' glory, his greatness. And we get a small look at it, just a small look on the mountain of how glorious he is. Who knows who this is? Yes, Josh, who is he? Usain Bolt. Bolt. Yes. And what did Usain Bolt do this week? He lost. He lost. He came third, which is like losing for him. In his last ever race. Tear. Yeah. Beijing, Chinese friends, 2008. Wow. Amazing. Two world records. Isn't Yeah, it's very sad. Now imagine this. Imagine you were chosen to have dinner with Usain Bolt. Imagine that. That would be great. He brings you, welcomes you to his home. You come past security, I'm sure. You have to beep, beep, get checked and check in all your things. And then you meet his family and you have some drinks and snacks and you sit down and you talk about... Manchester United, maybe, because he supports Manchester United football team. Anyway, and uh, you meet his family, you have some dinner, and you have a lovely time. Oh, Usain Bolt, everyone loves him. And then dinner's the, the night's finished, so you have to go through security again, and then you get out. Oh, and he shows you, oh, these are all my gold medals. The gold medals and the world records I won in all his trophies. Wow. Some of his glory and maybe you learn what motivates, what drives him, what makes him great. You get a little look at his glory. Well, these three men got a small look at Jesus' glory for who he really is. God's son, who God loves. And what should they do? What? Sorry? Listen to him. That's right. Okay, keep listening. Listening to Jesus. Will you listen to Jesus? Will you obey him and his good rule? Point number two. Is Jesus suffering first? Let's see what happens after the mountaintop. Number nine. Verse number nine. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they'd seen. Until the Son of Man, Jesus, had risen from the dead, they kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. That's interesting. Don't tell anyone what you've seen until the Son of Man has risen. But they don't know what that means. They argue about it, actually. It's quite strong language. What do you think it means, rising from the dead? If you go out and ask ten people, what does it mean, rising from the dead? You might get 10 different answers. Maybe if you're Buddhist, um, you might get an answer about a cycle of birth and rebirth after, and death. And hopefully, if good is more than bad, you will get released. It's not quite rising from the dead, but one day reach nirvana. Atheists who say there is no God they actually believe in life after they die through their DNA to the next generation. But the general Australian, if you go out and ask an Australian, what does it mean? 
They don't really have any belief. But everyone goes to heaven after you die. Just because. I don't really know why, says the Australian. But we just say it. Especially when we're very sad, someone dies, I know they are looking down on me from the clouds. And it's very sad. They feel sad. But there's no evidence how they know what they say. Why do they believe it? These three men are not sure what it means. And from the Bible so far, they think everyone will be raised from the dead at the end of time, maybe the end of the calendar. But they've seen Elijah and Moses on the mountain, and they died a long time ago. So that's interesting. And they've seen Jesus raise a dead girl. That's interesting. We might think, oh, it's simple. What does it mean? It means Jesus will die and Jesus will rise. But they're putting God's timeline together. And how does it fit? And their next question shows. Look at number 11. Number 11. And they ask him, why do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, to be sure, Elijah does come first and restores all things. Why then is it written that the Son of Man must suffer much and be rejected? But I tell you, Elijah has come, and they've done to him everything they wished, just as it is written about him. Now these teachers, or these scribes, are research scholars. And they're specialized. Some of you are research scholars. What's your specialty? Well, their specialization is in the first five books of the Bible. And they say that Elijah must come first, Elijah the prophet. But in number nine, verse nine, Jesus says that the Son of Man, the rising from right raising from the dead, is coming. So which one comes first? This guy Elijah or raising from the dead? Well, number thirteen, Jesus says, Elijah has come. And it was John the Baptist who prepared people for Jesus. And they did to him whatever they wanted. Everything they wished in 13. And you can read about that. He was put in jail and killed in chapter 6. So let's do this timeline. Elijah has come. So what does that leave before this rising from the dead? Number 12. Why then, number 12, why then is it written, the Son of Man must suffer much and be rejected? Jesus must suffer and be rejected like John before him. And you say, what? This is the glorious Son from the top of the mountain. How can he be rejected in shame and dishonour? Who would obey a ruler like that? This year, Donald Trump spoke to the Australian Prime Minister on the phone. And Donald Trump said it was one of the worst phone calls of any leader in the world that he had on the phone. Worst by far, he said, because of a deal between Australia and the USA that Obama made about taking refugees from Australia into the US. Now, I'm Australian, and when I heard this news about how he treated our leader, you know how I felt? I felt a bit shamed and a bit 
bullied. I don't know how Australians here felt about this new world leader. But what about this leader? That one. The one true God of the world, his son, suffering and being rejected. Jesus was shamed and dishonoured very much. He was taken at night and then a crowd shouted to kill him on a cross with nails. He was mocked by soldiers pretending to honour him like a king and given public shame by everyone walking past. Why did that happen? It's because Jesus obeyed his father's plan. Verse 12 and 13, as it's written in the Bible. And we're in point three. You think, what? What sort of plan is this? Because God said on the mountain, this is my son, whom I love. What sort of love is this? That you would allow this happening to your son. I have a son. It's love that includes you. Jesus says in Mark 10, Even the Son of Man, that's himself, did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. A ransom is some money paid to release a prisoner. How much would you pay to release your brother or your sister or your mother? 50,000? Is that more than... That's not much compared to university fees. 100,000. Jesus paid his life. He paid his life to free you. And you think, what? I am free. I'm in a free country. Australia is very free, especially when my parents are overseas. (laughs) Jesus gave his life to release you from the punishment you deserve from God who made you. The punishment for rejecting him. Your disobedience of him. Ignoring him. Go away. Whether you follow another God, a false God, or no God, like lots of Australians. You know, Australians are not Christians. Uh, We are not a Christian country. We have a history, but there's lots who do not believe God. Maybe you follow yourself as God. I'm number one. And my study, and my career, and my money, or my girlfriend and boyfriend... Imagine this. Imagine your parents sell their house to send you to university in Australia. Some people I have heard have done that to send their child. Your parents sell their house to send you here to study. And you start very well in your studies, but it's expensive even to live and eat. So they send you a little bit more money. They work hard to give you some more money 
just a small amount, but it's enough so that you can eat. And you do very well in your studies. You get top marks, HDs, HD average. And so you graduate. And you get a good job in Australia. Wow. PR. You get... You marry someone in Australia. And you have children in Australia. You have a life in Australia. And you say nothing to your parents. You don't call. You never talk to them. You never speak again. And you forget that they sold their house for you to come to Australia. And even though you are rich now and you have a house and a family, imagine you still take the money that they send every week because they don't know how you are and you take that money from them and you never talk to them. Can you imagine that? That is what you do and that's what I do with God. We take and take and take and take and say nothing or ignore him. It might be in your lifestyle, in cheating, in hurting others, in using sex in a way he did not plan for in marriage. We take and ignore him. And God cares about this. He will punish this for ignoring him. Our punishment is death. We will all die. And this is the reason. And after death, if we are left alone, we will face a punishment forever in hell. What are we doing tonight? We're listening to Jesus. Remember the best news you will ever hear? Jesus died on the cross as that ransom payment to pay with his life to get you free. To free us from the punishment we deserve because he took the punishment for us when he died on the cross. So if you trust and obey Jesus now, you are part of his kingdom that goes forever and free from any punishment. That was all that remained in God's timeline at this time in Mark 9. Jesus' suffering. And Jesus did rise up from death. After three days, he is king of the world, never to die again. He reigns, he rules forever. Not just for 2017 years. Forever in his kingdom without pain. If you trust him, yes, you will die, but you're part of his kingdom and you will live with him in his rule forever. It's amazing news that the king would die for you. God's son would die for you.
Those of you who saw Mark Drama last week, who remembers how the story finished? Ladies came to the tomb to uh, anoint and embalm the body. Uh, were, we're not sure how they rolled the stone, but alas, the stone was already rolled away, and there was no body to be found. Mm. And could it be true? Have you mm. risen again? Mm. That's right. Two women go to where Jesus was buried. This is at the end of Mark, the end of the story. And an angel tells them, "He's risen. He's not here." Go and tell his followers and Peter. Is that it? I want to see him. I want to see him, the risen Jesus. Two women just say, and an angel saying, go now. What's next? It leaves you thinking, what's next? And what happened before? Remember when they were coming down the mountain? What did Jesus say? Verse number nine, don't tell anyone what you've seen until I've been raised from the dead. That's now. Now is the time to tell of this glorious son of God, Jesus who died for us and is raised in glory. And we've been doing that this week and Jesus is coming again. Jesus said, and we saw this before, If anyone's ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Jesus will return in glory. The glory that we've seen a little, he will return and all will see as the ruler and the judge of all. And those who trust and obey him will be with him in heaven. But those who do not will face a punishment forever. Are you ready for him to return? Will you obey Jesus? And that is, submit yourself to his good rule. Obey Jesus. It will mean much change, and we want to help you with that. As you no longer live for yourself, but live for him who gave his life for you to buy you back. He paid that price. Only Jesus is the ruler we should fully obey. Obey Jesus, who died for you, who reigns forever, and who will return in glory. If you would like to trust him and obey him, then these words can be your words to speak to God now. It's the prayer we had at the beginning. And I'll give you a moment to read these words yourself so that you know what you would like, if you would like to say these to God. And if you would like to pray this to God, would you like to start following Jesus?
you can do that now. And I'll, I'll lead us in this prayer and I'll read one line, one sentence and stop. And you can say that again quietly in your heart to God who will hear you. And so let's all pray. We can all bow our heads. But if you want to make this your prayer, you can pray this to God. Let's pray. My God and Father, I'm sorry I've not lived your way. I have disobeyed you, ignored you, and rejected your rule. Please forgive me. Thank you that Jesus died for me. taking my punishment and paying my ransom. I want to live with Jesus as my king and rescuer. Help me live under Jesus' reign now. Until he returns in glory. Amen. Now, friends, it's wonderful news if you have prayed that for the first time. You might not feel any different, and that's okay. But the Bible tells us that in heaven, there are angels celebrating when one person turns to follow God. And we want to celebrate with you as well if you've prayed it for the first time. So Varun has indicated on your papers... There's a part that we want all of you to tear off and give us your contact details. Maybe you've got some words you'd like to tell focus staff. If, but if you did pray that prayer for the first time, can you please tell us on that card, I prayed today. Because we want to help you in living with Jesus as King.